As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Live Well Anyway. I'm your host, Mackenzie Coppa, formerly of Cultivating the Lovely. And on this podcast, we focus on wellness, beauty, style, planning, and life. I feature both a fun mix of guests who I've invited, as well as some hopefully helpful and humorous solo shows centered on things I've learned in my own life. And oh, today, you guys, we have got a deep one for you. I've got Katie Deckett, one of my very good in real life friends back on the show with me today. She also partners with me with a lot of the content that we put out in Patreon. So if you want to know more about that, head over to patreon.com slash live well together. But on this episode, we decided to do a deep dive into what it looks like to support your friends through really difficult times in their lives. Now, we were originally going to do this show all about helping your friends coming out of abuse because I get a lot of questions from all of you about that. I get DMs on Instagram pretty regularly about what can I do for my friend who's coming through a similar situation. But as Katie and I were talking, it really ended up blooming into this much bigger conversation about what healthy female friendships look like and how building those and taking the time to invest in those becomes the undergirding to be able to help each other through all kinds of different things that we face in our lives. We were both blown away by how deep and impactful this conversation was just between the two of us. And so we are really hoping that you guys resonate with it and are feeling the same way we do about this episode. It actually inspired us to want to be making more content around this particular topic of female friendships and how to do them well and how to do them in a healthy way because we see the need for it. We hear about it from you guys all the time. And so this is probably really just the catalyst for a lot more that we are going to be talking about. So you can be expecting a lot more of that on the podcast and in Patreon. If you have any questions for us that you would like us to address or any specific issues that you deal with around female friendships, we would love to hear about it. We would love for you to reach out to us. You can find us most easily on Instagram at Ducket and at Mackenzie Coppa, and we would love to chat with you about it and hopefully bring more of that content to this space. But before we jump into today's episode, I did want to let you guys know that November is like the month where I am throwing everything at the wall and I am trying to kind of mass produce content and see what you guys are really looking for. I am putting things out in all sorts of different ways. I have committed to blogging more, getting regularly on YouTube. You can be expecting videos every Tuesday and Thursday. So hop over to my channel on YouTube, youtube.com slash Mackenzie Coppa to be finding all the new things that I'm posting over there. It's going to be about a wide variety of topics that encourage us all to live well anyway. It's sort of a new vlogging style, sort 
sort of thing that I'm doing and I would love for you to hop over there and see the content that I'm putting out and I would love to hear your reactions about it as I am trying to continue to hone in this Live Well Anyway platform. It really helps me when I hear back from all of you. So if you hop over to YouTube and follow me there, go ahead and subscribe. I would really love to connect with you in that space. But without further ado today, let's get on with this episode that I'm really excited about where I talk with Katie about building these female friendships and going deep with each other. Which I feel kind of funny going into this episode because it's like, it's a, it's a, you know, weighty topic, like helping friends come through abuse. But we were literally just over in the behind the scenes Marco Polo chat, like being total goofballs and doing all kinds of dumb stuff and impressions of movie lines. And now we're like, let's get in it and talk about it. <laughs> let's go deep. Yeah. But that's what we do. We swing it back is. and forth. It is. Yeah. I love and it. I didn't do impressions. Just to clarify, oh. I, don't, I just <laughs> say the line. I can't possibly go yeah. to that. But you naturally can do the impression and I love it so that works <laughs> she goads me she just really like it's, she knows I can't help myself either it's like she's giving yeah. this ticket to I laid it out there and you, you took it to that next level I knew what you would <laughs> a few times a few times over <laughs> and now that train is rolling like mm. sorry Patreon behind the scenes <laughs> Eliza members, but this is what you get today. Yeah. And scene. <laughs> Just ridiculous. And then tomorrow, because it will be Friday, we're recording this on a Thursday. I always wear my uh yes. my Friday cat lady sweater. Yes. Yeah. And because it's just like cozy, you need that at that point. And it's huge. It's just ginormous. If you haven't seen it on Instagram, you really have to come take a look. Um, but every Friday, I end up singing something from Cats by accident. But, you know, it happens. <laughs> and it's usually the Patreon ladies who are like, they, they'll put, they'll throw in some line from Cats because they know I can't help myself if somebody writes memory dot dot dot. Well, here we go. <laughs> I'm in it now. <laughs> So, oh, cute. It's good times. Yeah. But this is friendship, right? This is like you have both the highs and the lows. And that's one of the amazing things I think about like sticking with people through things. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been talking a lot about it lately with another friend of mine, specifically about our friendship, because. You know, I think, so we've talked about this on the podcast before and in Patreon because female friendships are a difficult thing, I think, to begin with. And I think a lot of us have had a lot of hurts in female friendship. And I think it takes a lot of years to kind of like dismantle the drama and really just be able to be supportive of each other and find your healthy people that are, you know, are going to love you through thick and thin and be there for you no matter what and always be in your corner. And that was one of the things that you have offered me for many years now. I mean, we've known each other, what, 11 years now? How old are the boys? 14. 14. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 11 and a half years or so. And we've been much closer for five. Yeah. Yeah. And 
you were one of those people and we've talked about it before who like offered me that commitment in friendship that is so hard to come by I think for people but you said you know I will be your friend until we're old and gray like there's nothing you can do that's going to make you not be my friend and that gave me the freedom to be myself and to have that assurance that I can trust you and but with both the good things and the bad things and my good sides and my bad sides and that that alone I think is such a basis for this whole conversation of being able to help somebody through a situation like this of coming out of an abusive marriage or just divorce period or you know whatever it is that you need to kind of see your friends through I think for me that's probably been one of the most impactful things is that you I just knew you were on my team yeah yep always on your team I think back then it was very easy to offer a commitment in friendship I'd never been burned honestly never been burned in friendship and so that wasn't something that came with a cost or a risk. It was just like, well, of course, you know, Mm -hmm. there is so much growing that happens from when you have, when you first become a wife and a mom and then your kids get older, issues get more complicated. I found myself being kind of sucked back into my home in a way I had little to offer in friendship for different periods of time. And I think there's, evolving and there's growing that needs to happen in a friendship. If you expected me to have the same kind of availability or commitment level when we had little, little kids as we do now that we have, like it wouldn't work. There needs to be a grace involved of we're going to grow side by side forever. And, And that, I think that's part of the key is not, not putting someone on a pedestal, not assuming they are the answer to the, or talking to them is what you need. Like God provides different people at different seasons of our lives. And I think the really important thing is to keep Jesus in the center of a friendship because we will disappoint each other. We're Mm -hmm. both sinners. We're going to, we're going to let each other down. It's going to happen. It's what do we do with that? You know, that hurt or that frustration or that irritation, or does it become a thing? Do we have trust between us that we can talk about it and open up and be heard and work through something or is it a stopping point and unhealthy Mm -hmm. friendships hit that and it's a stopping point and you can't you can't bridge it but with Jesus in the center um and loving him more than the other person even and really just letting our friends go and saying like thank you for this friendship in this season of my life it is it's a gift and knowing that that friendship may not be in the same place five years from now as it is mm-hmm. now, but that's not something wrong with the person or the friendship. It's growing and evolving and kind of giving each other grace mm-hmm. and letting each other go. I think that's just a, that's just a huge key to having healthy friendships that do go the long haul. Yeah. Ladies, I have some groundbreaking news for you. I recently switched laundry detergents. I know that might not seem groundbreaking, but when you hear about this new laundry detergent, I think you're going to be as excited about it as I am. It's called True Earth, and it's actually a laundry strip that you throw in your washing machine. 
So this is really cool for a few different reasons. First of all, in my book, is that it makes it really easy for other people to help me with the laundry. I mean, even my eight-year-old can grab an already pre-measured laundry strip and throw it in the washing machine. It's as easy as that. Almost anybody in your house can now help with the laundry because it makes it so easy. Plus, it really works. I have tried it on our clothes. I absolutely love it. And I've got four kids and a dog, but it takes care of all the messes and our laundry comes out smelling amazing. Which, by the way, they have both unscented, completely hypoallergenic, and lightly scented with a fresh linen scent strip, so you've got all your bases covered. But if you step it up a level, this is where True Earth is really making an impact. They saw the need to reduce the packaging of laundry soap. Because over 700 million plastic laundry jugs end up in landfills every year in North America. Only 20% of recyclable containers actually get recycled. To date, they recently hit 2 million jugs that they have saved from landfills, which is a pretty amazing accomplishment. And they've also made getting your laundry detergent really convenient because you can just subscribe and have it sent to your house. So you don't have to think about when you're running out, it's just going to show up at your door when you need it, which, you know, all of us could use less decision fatigue, less having to remember things. They've got you covered. They've got over 175,000 happy customers and their eco-friendly laundry detergent is as sensitive on your skin as it is on the environment. In fact, it's lightweight compact packaging even reduces transportation related to pollution by 94%. They've thought of everything. It's 100% risk-free, convenient, and it's even vegan. And if you want to get down to the brass tacks of how clean it is, it's paraben-free, phosphate-free, no added dyes, chlorine bleach, and it's biodegradable. And as if they could add anything else, True Earth also gives back and is matching every purchase and donating to hospitals, food banks, and shelters across the USA and Canada to help those in need. Like I mentioned, True Earth has risk-free purchases, so if you aren't satisfied, they'll give you your money back. It's a no-brainer. So at the very least, give them a shot and get a refund if you're not happy. And I've got you 10% off your order. Just head over to www.true.earth and use promo code LIVEWELL at checkout. That's www.tru.earth. And if you have any questions, send a message to at True Earth Movement on Instagram. Well, and I think, I mean, even as we specifically talk about the past three years, I mean, there has been a lot of ebb and flow in that time. I mean, you were very involved that first year that I came out of the marriage in like many physical ways. You you really stepped up to the plate and were helpful with, you know, taking Ellie once or twice a week and like really helping me in physical ways so that I could work and do all that kind of thing. But then that next year, you stepped into your own year of major changes in your family and you knew you had to pull back in a lot of ways. And I think in a, a lot of ways, it's us even just maybe like our ages and being old enough and mature enough to know like you pulling back didn't have anything to do with me. I didn't take it personally in any way because I knew that it was what you needed and what you were going through. And I knew my job was to just check in on you and but and know like I'm still here when you're ready to press back in, but I know you got your stuff going on. And I think that that gave you the freedom to not feel burdened yeah. by the friendship. And I think that those couple of years that we had with each other, when you were really able to help me and I was able to give you the freedom that you needed to do what you needed to do without having that constant thought in the back of your mind, like, you know, oh, well, is, 
is this upsetting her or yeah, I have, have to I check not given, in or, yeah yeah I to be able to say that alone I think is a gift that we can give our friends and we've seen this in other friendships as well that are around us like when we can give our friends that freedom of like you don't ever have to feel like you have to invite me to something or you have to tell me what you're doing with other friends or worry about me being jealous or I give you the freedom to do what you need to do and you give mm -hmm. me that same freedom and we're still here for each other mm -hmm. I think that is a major thing that women can offer to each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that comes from growth because it's yeah. not necessarily natural. I think yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a work to do that in your heart, to, to, to reframe those feelings mm -hmm. because you're going to feel stuff and you're going to, you're good. It's going to happen. And it's a matter of like, do we go to Jesus with it? Do we yeah. say, is this real? Is this something I need to address? Or is this just I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling a little lonely. And then to see that they went out with this, like all of a sudden I felt kind of hurt. Like, is this real? Or is this mm -hmm. something I need to just give over to God and trust that person and that friendship that, that they, they need that freedom to blossom. And yeah. you know, it, that, that tight stranglehold on a relationship at this season of our lives, when we have a family and a family yeah. that's growing older and requiring more of us. What a grace to give each other to just say, I know how important the work in your home or outside of your home, but the, the work that you're doing is I respect it. And I'm not going to say I need more from you than you can give right now. Like, yeah, you, I'm going to trust you're giving me the best you can. And we're just going to hang in here during this season. Like we're just yeah. going to you know, like those are just gifts we can give each other instead of assuming like, well, two years ago we were talking almost every day and now mm -hmm. it's like once a month that might be true, but is it really a reflection of the friendship breaking apart yeah. maybe, or is it just evolving, you know, and those mm -hmm. are things that Jesus can tell us most clearly then putting it on the other person. I think if we go to Jesus first and we pray for that person, for that friendship first, I think it changes the perspective when we do have those harder conversations or maybe just kind of the define the relationship kind of conversations that might have to come up. Like mm -hmm. that kind of honesty and the perspective shift really, if you've handled your own feelings first and you're not tossing them out at somebody else, that you yeah. made me feel this way. You know, if you're, if you've, handled it first and put it in perspective, then you just have a healthier approach to keeping that friendship going long lasting mm -hmm. through different seasons that, that might just be harder. Yeah. And I mean, I know we're talking specifically about just friendship right now, which I really feel like is the basis for where this conversation is going to go as far as like helping your friends through abuse. But I think this part of it is really important because I love what you're saying and this like freedom that we're able to give to each other and keeping Jesus at the center of it so that we don't like put those things on other people. But I think also there's this matter of like maturity, as I kind of mentioned, I think that maybe when we're a little bit younger, there's a little bit more possessiveness around our friendships. And mm -hmm. if I am, you know, close to you, then you can't be close to anybody else. It's like, we almost think of it as, a marriage, like that whole best friend title and those kinds of things. And when we, I've found, and I've seen, I've witnessed when we're able to break that down a little bit and not feel threatened by our friends, other friends, but know that we are able to 
all support each other. <laughs> like, and it's okay yeah. for you to be closer to somebody else, but like, it's never going to upset me when you go do something with other people. Yeah. And I think when we can get to a place in our own maturity and health where we're not constantly feeling threatened by what our friends are pursuing or any of that sort of thing, when we can just sit in that and be supportive of each other as mm -hmm. women. I mean, I thought it was really interesting. Even just this morning, I was doing a live and a friend of mine who is a man was <laughs> texting me during the live, pretending he was part of the conversation. Okay. And <laughs> So he was totally trying to distract me from what I was talking about, but all of these things that he was texting were like drama filled things. And I thought how interesting that the perception is if there is a group of women, there's automatically going to be drama yeah. and people are automatically going to be arguing with each other and trying to tell each other, well, this is how you should do this. And why don't you do it that way? And how sad. And first of all, it just made me really like excited because as I was talking to the ladies in the Patreon live, I was like, I don't think there's ever been drama in here. Like, I guess that is the assumption that women are just going to be dramatic with each other, but we've never had that in Patreon. Like what an awesome group we've built that is just supportive of each other. Like I just... I love that. And I think that that speaks to our other friendships as well. Like when, as women, we can just support each other and not constantly be kind of like directing it back at ourselves going like, oh, but when she hangs out with this person or she does that thing, what does it have to do with me? Like, what, how does that reflect on me? It probably has nothing to do with you. <laughs> so yeah. let it go and just support each other. I think that that is a really big thing when we could kind of take our eyes off ourselves. Totally, totally. And I was just thinking like in marriage, that's a covenant and that yeah. is a completely different before God kind of a lifetime um, agreement between two people, but you don't have covenants and friendships. Yeah, And I think that's why there needs to be that perspective that um, it would be right for my husband to feel jealous if I was talking to another yeah. man, but in friendship, we can't put that same kind of parameter on each other. It will destroy it and it will, uh, it, it just becomes unhealthy. So there's yeah. a place for it. There's a godly biblical place for it. And then there's, there's, I think friendship sometimes, especially with women, give you room for those feelings to be expressed because mm -hmm. women understand the feeling side of it more usually than a man. Although some men are so sensitive and intuitive, but usually that's a female quality. And mm -hmm. that's something I love about women friendships is that you can, you can go to tears and laughter in 10 yeah. seconds. You know, you can experience a range of emotions, but in that, you know, the heart is deceitful. And there are times when what we're feeling needs to be exposed. Yeah. To, you know, and to be able to call each other out in love yeah. and be able to express I'm feeling envy and have someone say, 
thank you for being honest with me and like holding them accountable to that, you know, rather than sort of smoothing it over and accommodating that feeling, which is sinful, but to be able to hold each other to kind of that higher level and call each other out and pray for each other and not let sin go undetected and push feelings down because we don't like how it looks, but to have to be brave enough to say like, I'm struggling through these feelings. <laughs> yeah. These are the feelings I'm struggling through and to love each other enough to tell each other the truth and yeah. pray for each other. and Yeah. And help each other with that maturing part yes. of life and relationships, because I think that is so something that if we want to have those healthy female friendships, which are so life-giving when they are done in a healthy way, yeah. then we have to build each other up in that and, and help each other to get there, I think. Absolutely. And you specifically did that for me, um, during that year that we're referring to when, um, we became foster parents and our son came into our home and it was a huge period of adjustment. One of the most painful periods of adjustment I've ever been through well worth it, but there was a lot of dying to self and, um, there was a lot in that year. It was hard. And also there had been some friendship burns. There was a lot compacted. And you told me that you felt like I was too isolated, that I had retreated too much. And you wanted to, you had been checking in on me. You'd been there, you weren't going anywhere. But I think at one point you finally just said that you were worried that I was too isolated and retreated too much into my shell. And your words really convicted me. I, I spent a lot of time thinking about that and just taking that to the Lord of like, but I'm still hurting. (laughs) Like, I don't think I'm ready to go back. Like I'm still needing this safe bubble. And through that period of like opening up that wound to God, because you kind of showed me a different lens on it. I felt strongly, like he said, you're ready. You've healed. It's time. You you can't live there. You're you're healed. And so that was that was powerful for me. And it really was instigated by you telling me the truth. Oh. Well, you've told me the truth too many times for me to even (laughs) recount. (laughs) It is basically like my therapist. I think you even told me late late or recently. Um, yeah, I did. I was like Monica. No, Melva. Melva. (laughs) Melva Schmelva. I know. I was like, I think I'm going to go back to Melva. And you're like, why do you need Melva? (laughs) And frankly, why do you need an unbiased opinion? You need a biased opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Who will tell you the truth? (laughs) Yes. I stand by that. Loves you. Yes. Well, I've been pressing into it. So. You, you're paying the price for it because now, I mean, I'm not like anything's changed. You're still like my verbal process. <laughs> you always have been, but um, yeah, I just think that it has been like seeing you have that hard year and retreat, but then when you felt like you had that confirmation from the Lord, like you're okay now move forward you did fully step back into the friendships and in an even deeper way. And that has been so powerful to see you bloom even bigger since that time. You know, Mm -hmm. it's kind of like when the, the ground has to, you know, lay dormant and recover. 
And then it can have a so much bigger harvest. And I've seen that in you. Like you didn't stay there. You've completely come back from that in an even bigger, more beautiful way. And I've seen it even be able to play out in the friendships of our kids and, and bringing in other women into friendships and, and checking on other women. And I, I just see something so powerful there and so much growth there. And so that's Mm. been really powerful to see too, but it's interesting because it's been, you know, three years now since I fled and those ebbs and flows. I mean, this whole process for me, as as we know, is still not over. Like, yes, the divorce finally finalized last February. It's been a full year since we had the trial. All of those things have happened, but we're still going to court. We're still having to deal with issues. Like, it's it's a nonstop process in a lot of ways. And So that's why here we are. I don't know how many minutes into the podcast, 20 minutes now that I want to, you know, specifically kind of come to that point of talking about walking through abuse and like out of abuse with your friends. Yeah, because but I'm glad we had this conversation about friendship because I do think it's it's the foundation of healthy friendships are definitely the foundation of being able to lean into people when you're going through a hard time. Yeah. And I, I don't think that we would have been able to help each other through the last three years, but specifically like you helping me, Shell Shell helping me and other friends as well. I mean, so many people from this community as well, but I think that was, I'm glad we had that conversation to kind of encourage women in that. Like if you are going to, you, you can't foresee who you're going to have to help through a situation like this in the future. So it is worthwhile to be pouring into those friendships and pursuing them and being intentional about them and letting God lead where your friendships are going so that you are building that support system that you're going to need at some point and you're mm-hmm. going to need to be there for someone as well. And it's like, even as I have, you know, my process still is, you know, constantly ongoing and we've talked about this lately a lot too, like it never made me not want to be there for you in whatever way I could when you were going through something. Like it was almost helpful to me to be able to focus on somebody else's issues through those times as well. I think that's healthy so we don't just get completely bogged down in our own mire of what's going on when we can focus on what somebody else is going through. Yeah. It gives purpose to your hands and your heart, you know, just yeah. to pull yourself out a little bit and remember, okay, as much as this feels like my world is crashing in loving on somebody else or doing something kind for somebody else, it's, it just naturally pulls you out of that funk a little bit and gives a different perspective. And yeah. it's so good. It's so good for the other person to be reminded you're there and you're still caring about them, even though you're in the midst of, and sometimes you do not have the capacity for that. And that's, that's okay too. You just can't live in that place of never having the capacity yeah. to be outside of yourself or you could be burning other people out, you know, depending on what you're walking through or how you're walking through it. But mm-hmm. it, I think it's just good practice to, shift our eyes to others whenever we can. Yeah, I agree. I think that has been 
a major thing in helping me get through it. I mean, there are definitely those times where it's like, I'm just so deep in it. You can't really like see past your own nose Yeah. But to not stay there, I think yeah. is hugely important um, and has been helpful. But yeah. And you were so worried about that at different times, in yeah. the, especially in that first year, I am going to burn you guys out. You said that so many times, like, I don't want to burn you out. And I think we needed to remind you, like it's right now, like this is our focus. Like we're here. Don't worry yeah. about that. We'll get to that later. Um, you're not always going to be here, but this is what it is right now. And mm-hmm. now with perspective, we can look back and see like, yeah, it wasn't forever, but there yeah. were intense time periods where friendship needed to have that grace to say, this person needs me more than I need to be heard or share, like how this is making, you know, what's going, you know, you just have to be able to give that grace when it's time. And I think the Holy spirit directs us that way sensitively, you know, Mm -hmm. like just press in, just press in and meet the needs and we'll deal with the rest of that later. Yeah. Well, and I think both you and shell, were able to offer me that long-term perspective on friendship of like, don't worry about pouring back into us right now because we're still going to be your friends down the road. And there will be times when we need you. Yeah. And so that gave me the freedom to be able to deal with what I needed to deal with in that time. And now even just looking over the past three years, there, there have been those times. I don't know if it'll ever be as much as what you guys poured into me, but there, there have been those times when I have, the tables have been turned and, Absolutely. Yeah. and I've been grateful then to be able to be there for you guys. Yeah. Ladies, temperature is a very personal thing. I know for myself, I always feel like I'm either too hot or I'm too cold. I'm very rarely right in that middle. And I've got situations all over the map that contribute to that. If I'm in a grocery store, I'm usually too cold. If I'm in my little studio, it can go from way too cold in the winter to way too hot in the summer or in bed at night. I like to keep things cool. It just helps me to sleep better. But it's really hard to come to that medium place. And honestly, most public places, heat or cool spaces aiming for a temperature that is comfortable for only about 80% of the population, leaving many people, including my myself feeling thermally underserved. Not feeling thermally comfortable can contribute to lost productivity, increased stress levels, none of us need any more of those, and can be mentally exhausting. But Ember Wave is there when you need relief the most. Ember Wave is this little bracelet that you wear on the inside of your wrist, and you just press a button to activate Ember Wave to create a cool or warming sensation on your wrist. This sensation works with your body and mind to make you feel more comfortable in a matter of minutes. It's based on the science of how your body and mind respond to temperature sensations. Ember Wave provides comfort in unpredictable climates, relief from stress, and support for sleep. At the end of a long day, Ember Wave has a fall asleep mode that I love that can help you maintain a comfortable temperature as you drift off to sleep. I mean, just think about all the places you could use it. An air-conditioned office, restaurants, after a workout, in the car, really anywhere where your temperature doesn't feel comfortable. Ember Wave was invented by three MIT scientists and won the pitch for AARP's Innovation and Aging Award live on Good Morning America. 
It's also been reviewed by a number of leading publications like Wired, Fast Company, Vogue, Men's Health, and CNBC. And right now, Ember Wave is offering my listeners $50 off when you go to emberwave.com slash livewell. I think that Ember Wave would make a fantastic Christmas present, and you might as well get one for yourself at the same time. So go to embrwave.com slash livewell to get $50 off today. Ladies, I just want to take a minute to talk to you about a company that I think is super fun, would make a great Christmas present, and just a fun activity to be able to do with your family. Plus, you can usher in some non-toxic products in your house that you've made yourself, and that is with Simply Earth. I recently received a Simply Earth box, and I can't tell you how much fun we have had making all of the different recipes with the essential oils that they sent us. We've gotten to make lotion and a really fun-smelling diffuser combination that's perfect for fall. So many different things came in this box, and it's been really fun to be able to do along with my kids. They've had really fun learning how to do these things, and it's been great for me because, you know, sometimes you buy oils, but you're not really exactly sure what to do with them. Well, with Simply Earth, they take out all the guesswork. They give you all of the recipes clearly laid out and help you to just be able to take advantage of the products that you have. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box will help you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. This is how it works. You get four pure essential oils and natural ingredients delivered to your doorstep. You use the easy-to-follow recipes to make six different products with the oils and ingredients found in the box. And then you enjoy the peace of mind that comes with using natural products that you know the ingredients of because you made them yourself. It's like a meal subscription kit, but more fun and less edible. And the best part is these oils don't break my budget. And Simply Earth's essential oils are 100% pure and come from the best farms all over the world. All of Simply Earth's essential oil recipes are tried and tested by in-house certified aromatherapists. The monthly recipe box has over 2,000 five-star reviews, and Simply Earth gives 13% of their profits to help end human trafficking. The essential oils alone in this box would cost over $100 from other companies, but with the Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box, you get four pure oils, six recipes, and extra ingredients for only $39. And when you subscribe, you get a free big bonus box with even more natural goodies. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth's Essential Oil Recipe Box. Plus, get a free 80-milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using my link, simplyearth.com slash livewell. So remember to add on that live well part. If you go to simplyearth.com slash livewell, you'll get that free 80 milliliter diffuser along with everything else. But I mean, if we look back at three years ago, I think one of the most impactful and important and helpful things for me that you did was believing me about what I had gone through and why I was leaving and unquestioningly supporting me through that. And I think some of that you had witnessed yourself. Mm -hmm. And so that was helpful. Like, I think you'd kind of like made up your own mind about what was going on. But I think especially for Christian women coming out of abusive situations, so many times the finger is pointed at the woman who's leaving. 
or maybe it's the man. I think more times than not, it's the woman. But it's pointing at the woman who is doing the leaving instead of the person who caused the leaving. Mm -hmm. And people, especially in the church, sadly, um, they they question you before believing Mm. you. Mm. And to just be believed for what you have gone through and not feel like you have to convince someone of all that you've endured is a very powerful thing. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't be set up like that. And I don't know. I don't know why exactly that is such a thing, but isn't it tremendously unfortunate that the victim often feels guilty or mm-hmm. like they have to prove themselves or um, it, it gives power to the wrong person. It gives, it gives a voice to the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that that's, that's important is to, to verbally emotionally physically support the person who is doing something so brave by exposing and and leaving whatever the case may be but to not put them in a position where they have to prove anything to Mm -hmm. you because I'm not the judge I am not the judge ultimately or even in that moment and I never felt like that was my job in friendship or in that time period it was simply to support you and get you to a place where you were safe yeah and to remind me of that that because you can start to you know feel a little crazy and to remind me of even why I left like I remember you guys telling me you did this for your kids you did this to protect them this was harming you. You were becoming someone that you aren't. Like, I think that, I mean, it feels weird talking about this sometimes. Like, did you see this in me? But I mean, you've told me over the years the the transformation that you've seen take place. Yes. You talk about that. Yeah. I mean, do you want me to talk about when you were still there? Sure. I mean, I think it's help. I want people to feel like they walk away from this episode. And because I get questions about this, how do I help my friends who are dealing with this? And so I think just having your perspective is helpful for other women to hear and know what to recognize and how to help someone in this sort of a situation. Okay. Um, Well, I remember over the course of being your friend for would we say 11 years? Yeah. There were always like warning signs or like things that were red flags or concerning, certainly. And I think for a long time, I came alongside you as an encourager of your marriage mm-hmm. and, an, you know, to prayed for, talked positively about your husband, um, just those kind of things that seemed like the right thing to do, the right way to come alongside somebody struggling in their marriage. Um, but it came to a point where that was absolutely no longer helpful or mm-hmm. if didn't feel right. It felt like, no, there is, there is something wrong. There is something, um, bad, you know, going on in the last year, particularly is when I start to see a personality shift. Um, I mean, physically, even you got very thin, wan, fragile looking, circles under your eyes. Um, 
even your hair. Like I think it just lost the luster. Like you mm-hmm. didn't look like yourself, but you had a baseline level of anxiety that kind of permeated every area of your life. Um, and we got together pretty frequently, maybe not that last year, but the the two years prior, yeah, pretty frequently on Fridays. And um, I just, I was really able to mark the decline of she is not okay. Like she's not okay. And the way you would respond to your kids, like it was with just a fluttery, a fluttery reaction instead of anything solid. And you just were not yourself. And um, there you had fear, you had anxiety. There were, there were things that were just building and um, you felt completely trapped and helpless. And I think that was the hardest thing to see was that you couldn't break that mental, that cycle in your head, that this was your life and you were Mm -hmm. stuck here and your poor kids. And until you really got to the point where you had to do this to save your kids, I don't think you would have left. Honestly, I think you would have stayed um, because you were so afraid of the reaction because you believed God hates divorce, those things, like you were not going to budge until it came, until things really hit ahead and your children were not safe. So from at that point, it was just a matter of getting you safe, you know, and Mm -hmm. anything that could happen to help and assist and break away that became a huge focus. And even in that first year, I think you still really struggled with fear and anxiety and rightfully so. I mean, now you were taking on having to support your family, your Mm -hmm. children, you know, um, nowhere to go uh, other than, you know, sleeping at your parents or your grandma, you didn't have anything stable to offer them. And you could frequently kind of go back and forth about how this is going to work and what, Mm -hmm. you know, those kind of, those kind of fears and anxieties were justified but we're still taking you down. Yeah. I think, I think you were still really struggling with that, but never once did you regret or miss him or, you know, none of those. So that just felt very uh, solidifying that you were in the right place. And then that second year, I think you really started to hit a groove, especially when you got your own place and started forging um, a different style a different, a breaking, a breaking clean from that former life to your new life and really allowing yourself to grow up because you were very young when you did get married. And Mm -hmm. I don't think you ever really established yourself or your own even style or opinions in a lot of ways until that second year away. And then suddenly you really began emerging into your own growing up, you know, just, well, how do I really feel about that? (laughs) What do I, you know, it was, it was neat to watch. It was encouraging to watch. And then this year, this third year, I think you have truly owned it and blossomed and um, are confident in this. And now having the podcast come out now, I think is perfect because before you just wouldn't have as much perspective to give. But now knowing you can look back retrospectively and it feels like a different lifetime ago. Yeah, It's not still fresh. It, it's the fears, the anxieties, all those things, the PTSD, though it rears its head occasionally, it is nowhere like it was even last year. You know, there, those triggering things will probably always be there. 
to some degree, but you handle them so much better, so much more quickly. Um, you get control of that feeling way more effectively than you did up to just a couple of weeks ago when we went to trial and it didn't go well and it did not take you down. It did yeah. not take you down. I was like, Whoa, I'm so proud of you. Like you really had perspective. You rebounded and you got back in there to fight hard and not feel like that just took the wind out of you. And now he's always going to win. And you really were like, no, we're going to appeal this. Yeah. So I've just seen a huge, huge transformation. And I think that, I mean, that has definitely been hard to figure out and to come by. And it has taken the years of it. And I think to a certain extent, it's just always been so discouraging in something like, you know, court where things just never seem to go well. And it feels so personal and it feels like he still has so much power. And I think this last time, especially coming out of it, even though he, I knew felt like he had just, you know, creamed me. It was like, you know what? The biggest win that he could have from all of this is the, the feeling and the, the power that he did take me down that this crushed me and that I am distraught and I can't handle it and because that had always been part of his kind of sick joy was making me feel like nothing mm. and to say no you don't have that power anymore you're not going to ruin my week my life my whatever I'm, i yeah. mean really it's this it's it's like the name of the podcast no nope, i'm gonna live well anyway you don't have that power in my life anymore yeah do is what you did in that courtroom does it completely i want to use bad words right now <laughs> i will not does it make me very very angry <laughs> yes it does and i think righteously so yeah but I, it's not going to frame my life. And I think that we also, after this many years, have kind of like put together a plan of action yeah. that now works. Yeah. That we didn't really, we didn't know that. We didn't have those tools before now. Yeah, we would um, never have needed or had to figure yeah. them out, you know, yeah. before. Yeah. Or even thought that like, oh, three years in, you're still going to be dealing with this. And so we need to have some sort of plan of action. Yeah. But I think that we've kind of got like this two-pronged approach now, even leading up to court. We've realized like for me to have to read a declaration from him that is full of lies and false accusations and just nastiness it's still giving him that voice in my life to demean me and abuse me and all of that. And so we've kind of like eliminated that. I don't read them anymore. No, <laughs> I just don't, don't even read them. I forward them to Katie and she reads it because she's not going to have, I mean, she's angry about it, but you're not going to have the same like phys literal physical response no. to mm -mm. that as I do. And because it feels victimizing to have to read those and know that other people are reading them and judging me based on what he says. 
And so when I can remove myself from that and say, Katie, I'm sorry, I think my son is drumming. If you guys hear a weird thudding noise, that's, <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Um, that's virtual school. Yay. Your podcast is a supporter of the arts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so when I can send it to you and you can just kind of like give me the synopsis of these are yeah. the points you need to respond to. And I think you were even like, he's a jerk. This is what he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. And so I could write my reply without having to go all the way there. And then the same thing when he issued his reply, I just forwarded it to you. So yep. it's like, I kind of removed myself from having to have the big feels about it and focus on, because when I get into that reactionary place too, I don't think I even do as good of a job of writing my response because yeah. I'm so emotionally charged. Whereas yeah. when I can just be looking at the information and saying, no, this is what the information is. This is what the proof says. This is what we need to accomplish here. I can have a more level-headed approach in dealing with court and dealing with the attorneys and all of that. Yep. And so, and you usually, I mean, I th can think of very few court dates that you weren't present for. You've, you've pretty much been there for almost everything. You could well, and as much as I could, they yeah. wouldn't let me in for that. Yeah, exactly. Like, because you testified in the trial, they didn't let her be in there for the trial. Yeah. Um, but it is so helpful for me to have a third party person present at court with me because I don't even necessarily remember everything. And because it's a very, it's a victimizing experience yeah. to be in court. I, I know that if I have to recount what happened, if I have to keep reliving that to people to tell them what happened in court, that is another one of those things that can very easily take me down. And yeah. so this past time, we just removed that completely. And that was the first time we'd really done that, where even with my parents, I wasn't going to be the one to talk to them about what happened. You did it. You yeah. talked to all of the important people in my life so that I didn't have to. And that was huge for me to just not have to go there yeah, and be able to move on. And so you really like so protected me emotionally by being there, by being the mouthpiece to talk to everyone. And then even to convey to Shell, okay, this is where you need to take over with physical support. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that I think in some ways where we've become very effective is we're streamlined. Like yeah. that is what I really feel drawn to offer is, mm -hmm. is physically being there is being that mouthpiece is supporting you in the moment is reflecting on and chewing over what they said and having, you know, something to, to put forward to people that's not charged with emotion or, um, that's something that makes sense that I, I, it's not hard for me to give, but we're a little geographically challenged mm -hmm. and, it, so for Shell to come alongside and do the other side of the physical support with picking up kids, making sure you had dinner brought to you. I just want to make it clear, like I'm not doing everything, nor no. could I, should no. I, nor would that would not work. That would probably yeah. not work. I would become drained if I yeah. had, you know, so to have that support network and let people find what that niche is, you yeah. know, with a, with a really hard medical diagnosis, 
it's helpful, I think, to have somebody there that has compassion and bedside yeah. manner who can ask hard questions. That person will probably appear in the friend circle. God will provide someone to to love on you that way if you need it and if you yeah. pray about it. And I just think he brings people around us that we need in the moment. It's a matter of letting them in. I mean, it's a big act of trust for you to even let us support you at first. That was so hard to convince you that we wanted to, that we're not going to burn out. Let us in. We're here. Let us walk you through this. When you had a lot of guards up that this was going to affect other people too much Mm -hmm. or you'd burn them out and then you'd be alone and you'd rather have a little bit of us than a lot and then nothing. Like you had all of these fears surfacing. And so now we've hit a groove three years later, but I just think part of the magic is that not one person's doing everything, that it is a shared burden, if you will, but it's a shared thing that we're getting somebody that we love through a really hard time. Yeah. Well, and even with this, this last time specifically that I feel like was so powerful and you guys were really the reason that it didn't take me all the way down because we had all these pieces in place and because I know okay, you witnessed everything. You've read all the papers. You were in the courtroom. Like if I ever do need to talk about it, I have you to be able to go to and process things. And you were able to be that like emotional support. And then, like you said, Shell took over and was able to pick up kids and make sure I had dinner and chocolate and give me a hug. And she brought me flowers and like, she did like that physical component piece. But then there were a couple of other people too, that you informed about the situation who were very much there for me, emotionally supportive through the rest of the day too. And whether that meant distracting me and joking with me and giving me goofy things to talk about or just being very tender with where I was like it wasn't even all on you for the emotional side this time either like there were other people that you were able to tell like this is what's going on with her right now but then they could come alongside me without having to talk to me about what happened but be able to support me. And that was huge too. I mean, it was really a network. I felt. Yeah. 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 And I think in the beginning it did consume more energy and more because you of the state that you were in now. I mean, we have trial once every six months or, you know, it's an, and your reaction is that like, we have worked to a good place with this, you know, but it's, it has taken a while and it has taken some evolving, but it really works now. And I think you were so brave to let people in, to let people surround you and love you and help you. And now there's fruit of it. Yeah. You know, there's, there really is, there's fruit that pulls you through what could have been absolutely devastating. I mean, it was a devastating verdict and it really could have impacted you in a very different way. But I I just was so impressed. And I think, I think there's a lot of factors in there, but ultimately that support is working. You know, that support is doing what God designed it to do. The arms and the, the feet and the heart of Jesus surrounding you to get you through it. Mm -hmm. Ladies, it's November. 
Can you even believe that we are already heading into the full-on holiday season? And in my opinion, there is no better time to be simplifying your planning and make sure you're on top of things than in the holiday season. And the number one way you can do that, which I've said time and time again, is organizing and planning your meals. And I do that with plan to eat. Let me just tell you. So when I walk through this process, I do it every two weeks. That's what works best for me right now. I plan out two weeks worth of meals. So I have all of my family's favorite recipes just loaded right into my plan to eat account and I'm able to drag and drop those onto my calendar. A lot of times I will even make those into menus so I could just repeat them over and over again and I don't have to continue doing the planning which is a huge lifesaver and it automatically makes my shopping list which lately I've been able to coordinate with my online shopping where I just go and pick up my order and that has been amazing. They've truly thought of everything with plan to eat. I can plan on the go. I love my handy little app app that I can either plan in or shop off of if I haven't made my order online. It's so simple. I know I never leave the house without my shopping list. A lot of times I'll even add in my other shopping for other stores because it's all just in one place that I have my shopping list. And a really cool thing about heading into the holidays using plan to eat is you can change the quantity on your meals. So if you have to adjust the amount you're making on a recipe for a specific holiday dinner, you can really easily just tell the plan to eat software how many people that you're making it for and it will automatically adjust all of the amounts of the ingredients for you so you don't have to use your brain and you know what anytime that I can use less brain space to get things done the better plan to eat has thought of every little detail they've done such a good job I've been using it for six years and I don't think I'll ever turn back it's a subscription service you can get it for $39 a year or $4.95 a month but if you go to plan to lovely you'll actually get 60 days free. You guys, that's basically going to take you to the end of the year. Isn't that insane? You could plan out all of your meals, fully use the software without even putting in a credit card and be able to really experience how revolutionary it can be for your planning. You're going to save yourself so much time and so much of a headache by using plan to eat So get that 60 days free. Go to plan slash lovely. Try it out. You're going to love it. And I think that there's also something that when you go through traumatic things with people, it it fosters a different kind of bonding with those people than any other experience does. Whether that's birth, which is beautiful, but its own kind of trauma even, yeah. or something like an illness or a divorce or, you know, whatever it is, I think when you walk through something. I mean, even with my dad and I, when we were the ones who were both there a few years ago and my brother had his first grand mal seizure, like it was just he and I who were dealing with it. And he even said to me later that day, like, there's something about going through something like that with somebody that we are the only ones who share that. And yeah. he, it, it was a bonding thing between the two of us as traumatic and awful as that was, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it does foster a different level of intimacy and vulnerability and and trust yeah 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 and I think that is another big part of what you guys have done for me over the past three years and both you and Shell and other friends but you guys specifically um, and Rebecca I would say as well but you guys carried hope for me when I didn't feel like I could hope for myself. And mm -hmm. I would tell you that, like, I, I don't see 
a good ending here. I don't know that God has beautiful things in store for me. This mm-hmm. could be all it is. Mm-hmm. Like it could just be bad forever. Like there is no guarantee that I will be loved or that we will make it through this okay. Or, you know, like there are no guarantees. There's no guarantees I can provide. There's nothing. And I would feel utterly hopeless. And you guys, instead of telling me now you need to just hope in Jesus and you need to have hope and that's the right thing to do. However true that is, it wasn't helpful. And You didn't do that. You just said, you keep working through what you've got to work through and we will be the ones to carry the hope for you because we know beautiful things are in store. Mm. So you, I mean, there were countless times that you guys said that to me with such assurance that you knew there were good things that were going to come. And that was really all I could hold on to Mm. at that time. Gosh, that made me tear up a little bit, like just going back there and remembering how heavy that was and um, walking with someone through true trauma and deep pain. Those platitudes are just so empty and they're so exposed for what they are. That's when faith becomes very real. And to have Mm -hmm. someone question question all sorts of faith related topics and, and have fear and legitimate concern. And still just to be able to, to say that, to say, then I will hold the hope for you. Everything is going to be okay. It is going to be okay. We will not let you down. We will not let you go. Like you're, you're not alone. We're Mm -hmm. carrying this for you. You know, those, those kind of statements, that was all I remember feeling like that's all I have to offer. And then just going to God on your behalf and praying for you to have that hope for you to just feel close to him and that your, your life, your children's lives were in his hands and that he had good things planned for you. And then I hope that you're going to talk about, um, your word of the year and all of that. We didn't talk about this beforehand, but do you know what I'm talking about? hope was last year I think was it grow was the year before and then hope which I hated but (laughs) it was what it was because I just felt like hopeless but you experienced it afresh like you actually experienced so are you going to talk about that a little bit because sure (laughs) being someone alongside you praying so petitioning God on your behalf for a very long time without seeing like any major shift in your situation or Mm -hmm. even your emotional standpoint or having hope carrying that hope for you that was heavy for a while I I want you to talk about like where it went I mean and I don't think I think I stopped trying to even be conscious about it because I was kind of bitter like why why does this have to be my word when I don't see any proof of anything that should make me want to hope. And, you know, I'm in even like this conversation is much harder than I think I even anticipated it being because I really separate myself. Like I have a very forward vision. I don't look back very much on the deep stuff, the hard stuff. That's survival. Yeah. 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 And to even reflect on any of this is 
like, oh yeah, like it was that hard. And even when I feel like discouraged and frustrated right now, it's nothing compared to what I've been through. And so to have that year where I think it just, even now it's like, oh, okay. I still felt hopeless. I still felt bitter about it, but that was the year that I got my house. That was the year that I was able to make my rent every month. And I was able to start putting our life back together again. Yeah. And I think while I may not have realized it in the moment, that was building a sort of hope in me that then coming into 2020, it has been a very different year, like there's a more, there's more settledness. I mean, there's obviously new frustrations and financial concerns just because of the pandemic and all of that kind of thing and, and rebranding and doing all of that. Like all of those things I think came out of that, those years and that year of learning how to hope again. And I don't know that I really recognize that maybe even till right now, you know, I know. Yeah. It was, It was then this year, I'm, I'm trying to think of the word that Shell told me was my word for this year. It starts with an R. Oh, this is going to kill me. Redeemed? I think maybe it was. I think it was. And I think even the first <sighs> six months of the year, I wouldn't have thought that. And there was a lot of emotional turmoil yeah. and and to look at where I'm at now, just personally. And there's still so many hard things, but I'm in a totally different place. Yeah. Like there's this constant transformation. Oh, yes. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yes. And last year, watching those walls begin to fall and making that transaction that I don't have to hold on to hope for you because mm-hmm. you are now taking that mantle. Um, like that's not something we've ever like actually spoken about, but it's, yeah. it's so clear in my mind as we're going back to that yeah. first year and how that, that darkness that you were swirling around and picking that up, literally picking that up and praying for you and hugging you and not making promises that we couldn't keep, but just begging God on your behalf yeah. Yeah. and then getting to the point where all like slowly, little by little, these walls started falling mm-hmm. until you could handle it. You could handle it yourself without falling apart and just watching that transaction happen. And then to this year, it has given you confidence. It's given you yeah. boldness. You're back new and improved, ready to walk forward in your own identity and yeah, it's, it's just been a beautiful thing to watch. Well, and to just to really sit here and think about that and to see then how that has played out in, you know, venturing into pursuing new relationships and those kinds of things. I mean, I as much as I wanted to do that, I wanted to just be able to move forward, like be done with all the rest of it and move forward. And not be lonely. Right? Yeah. I mean, oh. it was a big part of it. You yeah. just didn't want to be lonely. Yeah. And that was incredibly hard, but I see now how much I wasn't ready yeah. before. 
and how it wouldn't have been a good thing because there was still so much I was dealing with and there will always be things. I mean, we all always have things that we're working on and having to grow through and that sort of thing. Amen. Yeah. (laughs) But to now where I do feel more assured of what I'm about and what I'm looking for and how to approach a relationship in a more healthy way and to have you even in those kinds of things encourage me to not hold back and to be all in and put myself out there at the risk of being hurt. Yeah. That, that is a scary thing in and of itself. But even in that, I think I feel more willing to take the risks because I know that should things not work out, I I have seen how my support system comes alongside me. Yeah. Even through some heartbreak or frustration or, you know, those kinds of things. And it's not going to take me out. Yeah. You're going to be okay. You're believing that. And yeah. that gives you just a totally different confidence in your life of taking risks and being bolder and just going for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think it's a game changer when you've kind of seen how you can bounce back and how you can be resilient from something Mm -hmm. and know who you are to be able to say like, okay, I'm going to be willing to put myself out there. And if this doesn't work, it's going to hurt. Mm -hmm. Like that, that is a thing. I'm not going to sugarcoat it and be like, oh no, it'll just be fine. Like it will hurt. It will take Mm -hmm. recovery. Mm -hmm. But it's not that I can't recover. I can. And so, and I have, go ahead. The risk risk is worth it. Yes. Yes, it is. And I have the, the support system to either help me grow in that or back from it. And it's going to be okay. And it's, and I'm willing and want to take that risk because of the reward that is there and just being assured at this point to be making my own decisions, really freeing decisions that are not based on all the oppressive things that were put on me before, Mm -hmm. but to just be able to break free of that and say assuredly that I know that God loves me and that I know that people believe in me and support me for who I am just because I am who I am and they just love me for that which I think especially as a three is like a really tough thing (laughs) to grapple with um but that that is huge and it's been even just in the past couple of months I would say a very transformative and freeing thing yeah gosh I didn't expect to become so emotional, but even just hearing you say those lines is truly a miracle from three years ago when, you know, there just wasn't that assurance ahead and knowing that, knowing how much God has healed and how much he's taught us through this, because like we said, tangentially, like I had my own stuff happening that second year and yeah. the the pain of losing some friendships and but being able to get through that and be here and say it is 
worth it. It is worth it to invest in another person when they're hurting and to not walk away, to not feel like it's too much, but to let God show you what you can do, even if it's not as much as you want to do, but to let God lead that and to keep Jesus there in the center and keep petitioning to him on behalf of people that you love to get to see the other side where he has healed and he's broken down walls. Like it's, I feel a little overwhelmed to just hear you say those statements. It's it's a beautiful thing. And, and that's what friendship does. It's a privilege in our lives to be a witness to someone's life and to walk with them and to be faithful and, oh, I'm just, I'm so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have been able to love you during this time and watch this growth. Yeah. I don't think until we did this conversation (laughs) that I really realized, I mean, I've known obviously how much you guys have been there for me, but to go back and kind of walk through that and relive that it's, I think that's, I guess that's my last point. Do that with your friends. (laughs) Do that with your friends as they are walking through this stuff to go back and remember. I mean, I think it's kind of like how God would tell the Israelites, like build an altar here. Yeah. And remember what happened because there are some things we should remember and we should remember how far we've come and what God did here in this place. Because when you... It, it gives you perspective on where you're at now, you know, that yes, I still have difficulties and frustrations, but look, look how far we've come. Gosh, yes. And you wouldn't, you wouldn't have believed it three years ago before oh. you left that last year before you left, if you would have known what was ahead, oh, it just would have been such, such a, a game changer and how long it took to yeah. get there. Cause I think we all thought it would happen a lot. Quicker, oh, yeah. It's yeah, been a I long mean, road. I remember, I remember having the timeline in my head when I left of like, okay, I was 33 when I left, this is going to take, you know, we're going to be done with the divorce in six months. And then, you know, I'll, I'll fully like be recovered and like feeling better. And then like a year later, hopefully I'll start dating and I'll meet someone and then I'll be married again. Hopefully no later than 36. I mean, who wants to be like approaching 40 and still not like now, I mean, the divorce took two and a half years and, Mm. you know, like, I mean, everything took exponentially longer than I expected. And cost exponentially more oh, than you would have ever. Still, still yeah. costs exponentially yeah. more. Um, and that's still a frightening thing. But I also think there's a certain amount of like when you've walked through it for three years, you're kind of like, well, somehow it's going to work out. We've gotten this far. Like, yeah. I mean, it's scary, but just keep just keep pushing in yeah. and and doing what needs to be done and fighting what needs to be fought. But, Mm -hmm. but yeah, even just with everything now, this many years later going, okay, I don't like that it took as long as it did, but I see why it did. Yeah. And, and I couldn't have done what I'm doing now if the things over the past three years hadn't happened. Yeah. It was a process that God was in charge of his timing, not our timing. 
Yeah. As much as I disliked him for that and petitioned him about that. Yeah. Um, I, because I tend to be that person who just goes in and gets stuff done. Like, Mm -hmm. let's get this show on the road. Okay. Move it along here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I graduated high school a year early because it was like, yeah, I got two credits. I'll just do them and be done. Like why, why hang out here? Let's keep moving forward. And so to be forced to sit in it and have there be nothing that I could do to expedite the process, either with the court or emotionally or getting our own place. Like there was nothing more that I could do. Yeah. And to have to learn that lesson and have to rely on his timing, which still I'm not always a big fan of. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get this show on the road. But it's at the same time, I kn- I think I know more now. Like as much as I hate it, okay, fine. I'll sit here. I'll take this slower road. I'll try to learn the lessons here that need to be learned. Um, and it's not that it's easy, but I c- think I can see a little bit more of like, all right, all right, yeah. I'll let it happen. I'll let the work take place. Yeah. Well, you've practiced surrender, you know, you've practiced it over the last three years and it's getting easier, even just a couple weeks ago with the trial and surrendering the verdict, not what you wanted, not what it should have been, but this is what it is, you know, just surrendering that and still having hope and still trusting and still letting people in, not closing off or retreating. Yeah. Yeah. Which would be easy to do, but but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want that life. Yeah. You, know? you want to live well anyway. I want to live well anyway. And that's a good place to wrap up this very long <laughs> conversation. Thanks for being here for my uh, counseling session, guys. <laughs> really helpful for me. I don't know if it was for any of you. And I know we didn't give like bullet points of how to help your friend going through this, but I hope that by hearing the experience that will be more of a lesson than anything in Mm -hmm. how, because I don't know that this is something you can give bullet points for. It is so relationally charged and experiential. You know, your friends, you know, yourself, what you can give and how you can come alongside them. I think the biggest encouragement is to put the time and the effort into building those foundations of friendship in a really healthy way so that when you or your friends go through something, you're able to come alongside each other in a healthy way and have that support system that you need or be the support system that they need. Yes, because you will, because we're, yeah. we're promised that yeah. we will go through trials and hardship if we're not in one, one's coming. So yeah. why not be preparing in healthy ways with the people that God's given us to love around us, you know, yeah. to be practicing emotionally healthy relationships so that we're ready so that we can lean into a support system or be a healthy person to be in a support system, but it's, it's coming. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) That (laughs) That would have been a perfect, like (laughs) (laughs) ominous. Oh, too funny. Well, I hope this episode has been encouraging. Katie, thank you so much for processing with me. It was a strange joy as always. (laughs) 
as always. As always. Strange joy. Strange joy. That should be the name of our mini cast and page. It really should. Strange, Strange joy. joy. <laughs> okay. Until okay. next time. I'll talk to you. Well, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. <laughs> Behind the scenes and Patreon and all that. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. Woo! Okay, well that one, that got to both of us as we were recording it. We actually ended up talking later in the afternoon for another couple of hours to just kind of process everything that we talked about because we hadn't really gone there, like where we did in this episode. So I hope that maybe it had a little bit of the impact on you guys as it did on us. Of course, we would love to have a bigger conversation with you guys about this topic. Like I said, make sure you get in touch with us on Instagram at KDM Duckett and at Mackenzie Coppa. We would love to talk with you guys more about how to do this well, how to build these female friendships, how to be there for each other through these difficult times. And we would really love if you also got the word out about this episode, if you shared it with other people you know who are having difficulties in these areas, we would love to be able to connect with them and bring them into our community. We have such a special thing here with the Live Well Anyway community. I have seen it over and over again where women are continuously pouring into each other's lives and building each other up. And we want to welcome more women into that. We want more women to see what it looks like to just truly support each other with grace and freedom and love. It's such an amazing thing when you see that playing out with other women and you see what it can become. So be sure to share with your friends what we've got going on here. We would love for them to see. So whether you share our Instagrams or you specifically send them this podcast, it makes a big difference to building this community and helping other women experience the same kind of revolution in female friendship. So please let your friends know. We so appreciate it when you share the word about the show. It really makes a big difference and we are so grateful to you. Okay, one last thing, you guys. We are coming into the shopping season for Christmas and everything. We are going to be getting out our gift guides to you soon, but whenever you buy anything, if you head through my Amazon link, it does a ton to be able to support the show. So all you have to do to find that link is head over to mackenziecoppa.com, click on sponsors and affiliates, and you will see it right there at the top. You can also go through my Instagram account. If you click on the link in my bio, right there, it's got Mackenzie's Amazon. If you click on that link and you shop for anything, it doesn't even have to be the curated lists that I have on Amazon, which I have a ton of. We've got lists for Huga and the books that I recommend and my favorite skincare and makeup and things for your dog. We've got all kinds of stuff on those Amazon lists. But even if you don't want any of those things, if you just shop for whatever you are getting, but you went through my link, you help push a little bit of credit my way, but it doesn't cost you a penny more. So that's pretty awesome. All right, ladies, thank you so much for supporting the show, continuing to be loyal listeners, telling your friends about it. You guys are amazing. And I don't know what I would do without the amazing Live Well Anyway community. Until next week, go be bold and gracious. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. 
I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.